Hello, this is Ken Ferry with this week's Boots in the Field. This week is the official kickoff of the ugly corn syndrome. Seeing that in many fields as, as this corn is approaching V3 to V4, the seed roots start to start the handoff process to the crown roots. And if that handoff is seamless, the corn just keeps right on rocking. If there's any hiccup in crown root development, it's going to now become visible. So fields that were fairly uniform and looked pretty good last week are going to start to change. You're going to start to see yellow streaking and unevenness in it if there's been any type of trouble getting the crown roots developed. Any hampering is going to be evident uh, as what we call the ugly corn syndrome. So we're seeing a lot of different things out there. Probably the big one is herbicide carryover. We're seeing carryover from last year's post bean program. Of course, this was made possible by the dry conditions that we had last summer, allowing these herbicides not to break down. Uh, so situation they're starting to interfere with rooting development, and you're going to start to see that in the corn. Probably Flexstar is the biggest one that we're seeing. In many cases, the ugly corn is due to lack of rain. Here at the office, for instance, our last really measurable rain was April 14th. The only moisture we have is what's able to wick up from the soil through adhesion and cohesion. If anything is restricting the upward movement of this moisture, it's starting to slow down the corn uh, root development, which is leading to some of this uneven corn. So wheel tracks, uh, you know, from leveling the field or getting it ready or incorporating your herbicide, some of those wheel tracks are showing up where moisture can't make it up through those wheel tracks, the firmness from them. And we're starting to see the direction or angle the fields were worked. You can see patterns that match up with maybe how the anhydrous was put on as well as how the field cultivator was went. And we are, as expected, seeing uh, starter burn issues in the dry areas where we're losing some plants to starter burn for that infurrow. Seed chilling is also stronger than we'd anticipated. Again, I suspect this is correlated with the dry conditions that are uh, at the surface here and they're allowing soil temperatures to swing with the air temperatures a lot quicker or stronger than usual. Now as I walk these fields the weeds are really popping this week especially our state flower the water hemp. Uh, we're starting to see row, weeds in the row especially where we had to push our way to moisture. So we need to be watching for those in in row weed infestations that we expected to show up they are now here so the pest team needs to stay on top of it uh, not letting these weeds get out ahead of us and while they're out there don't forget to watch for the cutworm because a number of guys are still monitoring and spraying for the cutworm side dress season is off and running we had a lot of nitrates go through the lab this week and i like what i see on two fronts one, the nitrates indicate very little loss so far. And the other is growers, uh, for the most part, are upping their yield goals as they're doing their stand counts when they're pulling their nitrates. This tells us they're seeing the same thing we're seeing as a lot of good stands out there. So those, that's good news on, on both of those fronts. The nitrogen's still here, and you guys are thinking that this crop uh, could potentially be a big one. Now, I know what you're thinking. No need to pull nitrates. Ken just said that the nitrogen's still there. Well, get that out of your head. It's better to know than to take a guess, especially with these good stands. We don't want to leave anything on the table. 
Plus, a lot of you guys have surface applied nitrogen with no st stabilizers to it and it's been out there with no rain and that's going to lead to some volatility and we have to take into account for that. This week we had a lot of pop-up showers and crazy weather. The guys in the Sullivan area saw between 2 and 3 inches of rain in 30 minutes with extensive hail. So not only did they have building and property damage and trees, but a lot of crop damage. Nice looking cornfields were just pulverized to the ground. The corn we looked at was small enough. I think it's going to bounce back in pretty good shape, but a number of the bean fields are going to need to be replanted. Those of you guys with storm damage, uh, try to let that corn bounce back before you hit it with your post sprays if possible. I know weed size makes this a challenge, but try to let that corn at uh, least indicate with a lot of activity growing that it's out of the stress and we don't give it the stress of trying to metabolize a herbicide on top of that. This week was the 50th anniversary of a tornado that hit the town of Wapella, Illinois, just a few miles south of our office, which pretty much destroyed the whole town. That storm took place on May 15th. Matter of fact, the storm happened on May 15th at 5.15 in the afternoon. The old timers uh, that were farming when the storm hit in 68 um, said it came out of nowhere. Sorry uh, for calling you an old-timer, Shorty. But my son, Zach, and I were walking the fields uh, outside of Wapella this week. And I was telling Zach about it being the 50th anniversary of this storm. When we looked up, and it was kind of like deja vu, the town of Wapella was covered with a dark, nasty-looking cloud. Wapella received two and a half to three inches in 20 minutes on May 15th. Uh, this storm hit at 4.45. What are the odds of that 50 years later to have a somewhat similar storm? Now, our office is less than three miles away and re we received nothing. Now, I'm not complaining. Just saying that it was truly a pop-up storm. In the dry areas, if we don't get some relief soon, uh, we'll be talking about rootless corn syndrome next week. This is where the surface soil is so dry that we have poor crown root development. Corn will lean in the direction of the last wind and it'll act limp. It may even show some signs of wilting. For this reason, if you don't have your post products on, it may be a good time to get that done before this corn goes into that stress that's potentially ahead of it next week or the week after. As I walk some of these fields, you can see kind of a hole around the right at the base of the plant and it's indicating that the plant has been rocking back and forth in the breeze and it's had no um, moisture to settle the soil around the base of that plant. I'll have Zach post some pictures of what I'm talking about. And if you see that slight hole around the base of the plant, you're probably going to be dealing with rootless corn syndrome next week or the week after if it doesn't rain. This loose dry soil around the base of the plant is also why I believe we're seeing so much uh, higher uh, amount of bird damage. A lot of guys talking about the bird damage they're seeing in the field, making this dry loose soil, making it easier for the birds to get to the seed. So the pest scouts out there, when you see a cutoff plant with a hole next to it, that's bird damage, uh, not cutworm. Unfortunately, we can't spray for the bird damage. But in your counts, make sure you're able to separate them out. 
The dry soil is also making sulfur deficiencies show up more prevalent. The strong soil temperatures uh, have kicked off the carbon penalty as well. The carbon penalty we can tell by tracking our weekly nitrates is ongoing right now. This soil is consuming a lot of nitrogen uh, with these temperatures. The microbes are tying it up as they're breaking residue down. The carbon penalty will cause nitrogen and sulfur deficiencies because sulfur gets tied up in the same process. So the fields that have, have a nitrogen plan in place to deal with the nitrogen deficiency still may see some sulfur deficiencies uh, out there with that yellow whirl and that striping coming up out of that whirl. Corn on corn fields that didn't have a plan in place to maneuver through the carbon penalty, they're gonna get kind of rough looking for the next couple of weeks. We expect the next few weeks to be busy working through the nitrates as you guys are pulling them out there and getting them to the lab. If you don't want to deal with the wrath of Katie, let's pull them right. If not sure, call and ask for directions and she'll walk you through it. Trust me, in this case, it is better to ask first than to ask for forgiveness afterwards. Let's share the rain out there this week. Nobody likes a rain hog. To stay up to date, Check out our website at croptechinc.com and subscribe to our podcast, Boots in the Field Report. Keep her safe, keep her moving.